So, good evening everyone. Good to be back together with you again. Um, it was good to have a break. Uh, personally, I feel very um, rested and nurtured from the break and it's really great to be back again and to be sitting with everyone. And that segues into what I want to talk about tonight, which is about transitions. Um, there are many different transitions we go through in life. They're, they're small ones and large ones, some more significant than others. But at the moment, we're, we're going through a transition of um, being, being solo practitioners, you know, to being collective practitioners together in a group and supporting each other in our practice. There's many transitions we go through. Um, marriage is a transition, birth is a transition, death is a transition, you know, changing where you live is a transition. And like I said in the beginning of this evening, even just a, a transition from just going from everyday life, talking, activity, random thoughts, and transitioning into zazen is sort of wonderful gift that we have to just to be still and quiet and really um, savour the experience of being and the wonder of it. Now I want to go into um, looking at this poetically to begin with <clears throat> and I'm referring to um, the one of the books of uh, one of my old teachers, Robert Aitken, and the name of the book is A Zen Wave, Basho's Haiku and Zen. Um, and uh, Robert Aiken was quite a um, experienced uh, scholar in um, haiku studies and literature. And one of the particular chapters <coughs> is a haiku of Basho, which is um, titled Quail, the bird, Quail. And the translation goes, Now, as soon as eyes of the hawk to darken, quail chirp. Right. So in other words, to give some context to this, um, is that uh, the, um, the hawks are, are hunters of quail. So at dusk, when the hawk closes his eyes, his eyes darken and he starts to go to sleep and he's no longer awake anymore, that's when the quail's chirp. Uh -huh. and, um, and you could say it follows on from there in nature when the quail's chirp, probably the insects go quiet too all the way down the food chain. Um, but to give you a bit of comment on this from Robert Aiken, this verse reflects Basho's sensitivity to the interplay of life in nature. The quail hides during the day in prudent respect for the hawk. The hawk preys upon quail, the quail upon insects, the insects upon smaller things. Yet each is pursuing its own life quite independently. But this is only an overtone of the, ver of the verse. More fundamentally, it points up the epoch of sunset, which, like sunrise, is a point of great change, a transition, a poignant time of transition. It is not only the beauty of sun and clouds that affects us at such times. We and the world are transformed and become new. I'm reminded of the first of T.S. Eliot's preludes. The winter evening settles down with smell of steak in passageways, six o'clock. The burnt out ends of smoky days 
And now a gusty shower wraps the grimy scraps of withered leaves about your feet and newspapers from vacant lots. The showers beat on broken blinds and chimney pots. And at the corner of the street, a lonely cab horse steams and stamps, and then the lighting of the lamps. When I, he says, when I taught this poem in high school, one of my students wrote a paper on the continuation of day into night that is implied in the line, and then the lighting of the lamps. The dreariness of the day in the London slum becomes the dreariness of the evening. Yet there is still some magic remaining. Even today, the small child gets a thrill from turning on the electric light in the evening. So this, like all haiku, haiku, a Zen student needs to be like a poet rather than a scientist. And what a poet does is that they, they immerse themselves in the experience of life. They're not, it's not explanatory. There's nothing explanatory in this. This is just describing what happens in nature. Mm -hmm. Hawk goes to sleep, quail chirps. Mm -hmm. um, you could give a Buddhist interpretation of it and say that, well, it's, it's an example of um, dependent co-arising. When this happens, that happens. Right? Really falls flat, doesn't it? Right? The explanation is not the poem. The explanation is not the experience of life. What haiku is expressing as a poet is, is, the, is the joy and the wonder in this simple experience. Or closes his eyes, quail chirps. Uh -huh. And bringing our attention to the wondrous, the ordinary wondering, wonder, wonderfulness of each moment. Now, what this reminded me of too, with my um, Irish Celtic music um, interest, is there is a wonderful um, Scottish tune, not Irish, Scottish, um, and it's called The Socket Light. And the socket light translates as the extinguishing light. And the story behind it is, is that the writer of the, of the tune lived on the Orkney Islands in about the 18th century. And if you know a little bit, bit about Scottish history, it was a, a, a time of great transition and suffering um, and upheaval in Scottish culture through what they called the land clearances, where there'd been this lifestyle, this wonderful, simple lifestyle of um, the crofting um, culture, you know, small farms. Um, on the islands of Orkney and throughout Scotland. And then the land clearances came where the rich barons kicked the, the people off the land that they'd been on for centuries for, for large-scale farming. And so it was the destruction of a culture that existed for many years. And the extinguishing light is about the, the writer of this melody watching all gradually all the farm lights go out in the darkness. This is, remember, this is before electric light. So one by one, the darkness was there until there was just one or two lights left on the island, until there was no lights left on the island. So it's a very poignant song about transition. And um, but the point I want to make about it is 
when you play this song or you listen to this song, I, I wouldn't actually call it a lament. There's actually something very, very sweet in the, in the melody of it. You could say it's kind of sad, but it's sweet at the same time. And uh, it's not, a, it's not a, a song which seems to express poor me, how terrible it all is, but really just the poignancy of uh, a great change in a culture which, which existed. Now there's some of the, there's a large sweep of history, you know, but um, as history is made up of one moment after the other. Mm -hmm. um, our lives right now are one wonderful moment after another. Mm -hmm. People might talk about this period a century later about, you know, when coronavirus hit and we all had to sit doing meditation on Zoom, you know, and they'll, they'll think how amazing it was, you know. Each moment is wonderful if we see it that way. And every moment of our life is, the, the issue is every moment of our life is a transition from one thing into the other. And <clears throat> Zen practice is about fully embracing that transition or that impermanence. And it's about acting within each moment so that there's nothing sticking to each action, you know, or to each experience that we have. What is a common phrase in Zen that we hear all the time through the literature is just this, right? Just this laughing, just this walking, just this pain, just this waking up, just this going to sleep, just this lighting the candle. What it expresses is a Zen life is just each experience with nothing sticking to it at all. Yamada Roshi said that a lot, of, a lot of the time. When you stand, just stand. When you light the incense, just light the incense. When you put out the candle, just put out the candle. There's no conceptual explanation or commentary on it. It's just the experience itself. And we're completely one with the experience. And that is a Zen life. Um, so embrace that, trans that, trans that transition that's happening all the time without any, anything sticking to it. Don't cling to aloneness. Don't cling to sociability. When you're alone, just be alone. When you're in company, just be in company. 